Hello world, welcome to Black Hipster, where we talk about black pop culture, gay pop culture, black gay pop culture, and sometimes other shit. Hope everyone is doing well this lovely Tuesday. It's like gorgeous outside. Well, it's been gorgeous the last couple of days, which I'm really excited about. I mean, I know it's global warming and that's probably not the best thing, but I am happy about the fact that um, it's gonna stay warm for as long as possible. And um, I'm really hoping for some more warm weather. It was like 70 degrees, at least three or four days out of this week so far. And um, for me, that's good. I'm probably gonna wear shorts tomorrow, honestly, to tell you the truth. And um, <laughs> hello, darling. <laughs> I'm just listening to you. I'm just like, I'm gonna let him finish his thought before I chime in with my hello world. <laughs> um, listening, to go on and on about the weather. Yes, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been really nice. Yeah, I guess How are you? it's October. I, I expect it to be around this for October. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if it's maybe I'm just greedy for warm weather that I'm like. <sighs> 64. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, bitch. It's October 64. Um, <laughs> but I guess it's supposed to be like Saturday. Oh, so I do have an announcement. Why? I went to Fright Fest this weekend. Fright Fest? I went to Six Flags on Sunday. I went to an amusement park. I did. Oh, my God. I yes. did. Oh, yeah. The husband was not having it any other way. Um, so, yeah. So I went. And you know what? I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> what did they have? Um, I mean, it's, it's the park. Like, the park. It's, it's different in the sense that, of course, like, you cannot remove your masks at all. Like, uh-huh. the people will come up to you <laughs> and be like, sir, put your mask on. Like, they will. Um, they stopped serving alcohol two hours before the park closes. And I don't uh-huh. know if that was a normal thing, but it's definitely something that I noted. The park closes at 10. Um, uh-huh. So you can't get a drink past eight. Um, and then, so some of the rides are like really socially distanced, uh-huh. which is annoying if the line is long. Cause you're like, ah, come on y'all. It's a hundred people in this line. And you're really only feeling like five of those like roller coaster cars. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they have like 30 cars and they space them out like every five car. So, oh. um, you know, that makes for longer lines. So we were just strategic about just making sure we got on things that didn't have real crazy long lines. Because uh-huh. uh, we took um, his, uh, my husband's 10 year old niece. So and she had a good time. But yeah, you know, like the zombies run after you. <laughs> like they jump out at you and stuff like that. It's more funny than it's scary. Did they, they serve food and stuff? Um, of course. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. it's, it's an amusement park. You know, they gotta make their money. You're gonna pay that that twenty-five dollars or that fifty dollars for parking, but they gotta make their money inside. <laughs> oh my gosh. So are are we going to Fright Fest again? Um, no. I was <laughs> adamant about us using our little play cards for the games. Uh-huh. I was like, we're never coming back here probably for another 20 years. So, um, you know, or by the time we have kids that are like amusement park age. So I was like, let's go ahead and use up everything that we paid for. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And also yeah. too, I'm just gonna um, note that that I think that was the first time you said, "Oh, the husband." Yeah, that was the first time I, I think I've heard that. Yeah, um, what's crazy is that. I called him my boyfriend the other day, and that was the first time I called him anything other than my husband since we got married. I've been uh, pretty good about it, but yeah, I called him boyfriend the other day, and I don't know where that came from. And I well, immediately noted it. He was like, "Yeah, I mean, I heard you say that, but uh, <laughs> my bad, my bad." Yeah, just call him that, or your adult lover, either one. Whatever, whichever one sounds best at the moment. <laughs> I do like lover. Yes, yes, <laughs> so never goes out of style. Very living my life sounds very mm -hmm. carpe diem. Exactly, exactly. Like you have no care in the world. You're not tied down to anyone. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, taking in a lover. <laughs> But I know today, darling, we have something um, special for our uh, listeners. We yeah, have, it's not just going to be you and I. What? Hello. I said, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> I said it's not just going to be you and I. <laughs> exactly. We got guests. We got guests. We have some guests of the Gen Z variety. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> For anybody that's sick of listening to us elder millennials, uh -huh. uh, we're mixing it up a little bit this episode. Um, yeah, they're only two years younger than we are, though. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, like, they just graduated from college and are of college age, and we, like, just, just graduated from college. Yeah. So not like that much younger than us. You know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just a, a handful of years if you multiply them. Yes, by yes. Each other. But, um... Yeah, so um, without further ado, we want to bring them on. Um, so we have Alexis joining us, and we have Jared joining us. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey, hey. hey. All right, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. Um, Alexis, we'll start with you since your name begins with an A. Um, mm -hmm. If you just want to say where you're from, you know, shout out your, your spot, how old you are, and... Um, what makes you a black hipster? If you, if you are, if you do consider yourself a black hipster. Okay. Um, so, Alexis, yes. Um, from <laughs> Massachusetts. Um, used to live in Boston, now living in Bedford. Um, I'm 20, turning 21 in February. And I don't know if I'm considering myself like a black hipster. I don't know. But um, mm. I enjoy being a black woman, so I'll put that out there. Ow, I know that's right. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> we will give you the hipster test at some point, and we will reveal the results in a later episode. Exactly, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Jared, uh, where are you repping? How old are you, sir? And do you consider yourself a black hipster? And if so, why? <laughs> um, my name is Jared. Uh, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I'm 21. <laughs> Uh, do I consider myself a black hipster? That's a difficult question. I don't, I don't really, I tend to like want to stay away from labels, but mm -hmm. if, if, if you're talking like from a technical standpoint, then yeah, I consider myself a black hipster. Okay. Ooh, right. he started it with the no labels. This is going to be a good episode. <laughs> 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 it's going to be good, 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 good. Yes, so jump yes. right in. I know, Stanley, you have been kind of thinking a lot about this, um, just as far as the elections go with mm -hmm. politics and just, you know, the circus that has been unfolding before our eyes. <laughs> exactly. Many years. 
um, just want, wanting to tap into um, some folks that are going to be voting for the first time in their lives and kind of getting their perspective on what they think just about everything. Um, so we talk about Donald Trump a lot on yeah. the show. Um, mm-hmm. I would love for us to just have like a Trump-free episode. Unfortunately, it's just not um, <laughs> possible. It's, you know, this is we talk about Black pop culture, and unfortunately, he is uh, one of the biggest things in the zeitgeist right now. Mm-hmm. So you can't really avoid talking about him when you talk about Black pop culture. But um, we talk about him a lot, and we have like our very um, we agree, I think, very much on where yeah. we feel stand and how we feel about him mm-hmm. and the Republican Party. But I'm really curious, um, Jared and Alexis, um, what is what is the chatter amongst your group of friends? What is the chatter in the communities that you're a part of as far as like, are they voting for Trump? Is he going to win this election? Do they hate him and think that he looks like a cheese doodle with a really bad wig? Um, <laughs> yes, leading, you know, leading. <laughs> and and two, are you, are, are people in your circle, <laughs> I know I say leading, like you're leading, are they even in, um, are they even voting? Like, are they even, is that something that is, that, mm-hmm. you know, people in your group are talking about? I guess I'll start. Um, so, so a lot of my friends, uh, I mean, like, if you live in New York City, most people are going to hate Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, that's <laughs> that's just how it is. I don't, I don't blame them. <laughs> um, a lot of my uh, a lot of my closer friends, though, um, we don't we don't really hold him in in that much disdain. Uh, obviously, we dislike his politics very much, but uh, I think he represents an. Um, unrepresented constituency mm-hmm. uh, in the in the United States, and I think that like the fact that he was able to sort of outline and bring out this constituency that's been overlooked for many many years, I think that's very important. Um, but for the most part, I mean, yeah, like a lot of people just like have like a fierce hatred for him, and I I really don't understand it because I just think he's just like an incompetent buffoon. I think he's the most incompetent president ever. I think, it's, <laughs> I, think just, <laughs> I think he's just silly like i don't i don't take i don't take anything he he does uh seriously like i said like everybody just sort of has like this this hatred for him and like i said i mean it's completely warranted i don't blame any of the people so that's a that, that's sort of the consensus around <laughs> around my block <laughs> So, um, as like, I agree with Jared, like, I don't really feel any type of way negatively. Well, yeah, obviously negatively, I feel some type of way about Trump, but like, I think he's pretty much silly. Like, I think everything he does is like a joke. Like, I feel like you can kind of see that. And like, obviously it's going to make some people like mad more than others. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of the people in my friend group, they're on the side where they just like have this hatred for him, which I get, but I just think he's really silly. Um, and I do know like a few people who aren't voting because they just feel like it's like, mm. you know, the lesser of two evils and they're like, oh, my vote doesn't count. So, yeah, I know a couple people who aren't voting, who hate Trump. Some people are just like in the middle. They're not really into politics. Interesting. Yeah. You oh, know, I, my friends aren't voting either. That's interesting. Y'all say that because we I was just discussing this with my husband and um, I was talking about um, how, you know, you know, the big um, Bush election and people would get so angry when someone said they didn't vote. And I was like, 
yeah, but their vote actually didn't count. <laughs> like, it was just, you know what I mean? Because people don't understand how the Electoral College works. And it was like, yeah, yeah Gore won the popular vote, but it still didn't matter. So mm-hmm. those people didn't count. Like, oh, someone didn't vote uh, for Gore in in New York. And it was like, it didn't matter. He took New York anyway. Yeah. So I understand a lot, to a large degree that sentiment where they're just like, it's sort of a protest of principle. I'm not going to vote for two people that I don't want to actually run this country Mm -hmm. um, if their vote is not going to count anyway. But I'm just curious because you both were like, um, you don't actually hate him. You think he's silly. And I think that's good to not hate somebody because even when I hate him, I'm like, is this wrong? Um, (laughs) But are you ever worried that, um, you know, he's silly and it's all antics, but he actually does hold a lot of power when he makes a lot of decisions that affect us? Are you ever worried about that? Or do you kind of feel like, you know, once, even if he gets elected for a second term, once he's out, we can actually like fix and turn around all the fucked up stuff that he's done? So I feel like I tend to see him as silly, but honestly, sometimes I do worry. Like I remember when he first got elected, I had like a major anxiety attack. Like I'm not really too plugged into politics, honestly, but I thought that, like, things were going to change, like, drastically. Like, I thought we were, like, going to be slaves. Like, honestly, like, that's just where my mind was. I was like, (laughs) but, um, yeah, but, like, seeing the changes he has made, I feel like there is a lot of chaos going on. But, like, I still, like, don't think that we're going, like, down a shithole. Like, I think it could be worse. So I'm not too worried, but I am a little bit worried because, like you said, he does hold, like, a lot of power. But um, I think whoever gets elected next term, I feel like, well, if it's Biden, um, I feel like we might be in the same place. I don't know. Biden seems Mm. really, I feel like he's like all talk in my opinion. Don't know if that's going to be true, but he gives me those vibes. I watched like um, the first debate. So I don't know, but that's where I see things going. Mm -hmm. And Jared, how do you feel? Like, is it? I'm sorry if I'm sure if you have questions. We 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 usually interrupt people each other on this show, you guys. So oh, that's just how we flow. So get used to it. <laughs> but Jared, um, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really. I don't really think. I don't take anything Trump does seriously. Like, even from like a policy perspective, like it can be is, it can be quote unquote very extremely harmful or whatever but like it's all theatrics it's it's nothing it's nothing that's really like it has like all of this has been done before like i mean not like to this like everything's not like out in the open like with the trump presidency mm-hmm. but like those closed door deals that are like those deals that like where there's like a completely like pro-business agenda and like all like this de- deregulation it's been happening for like the past 30 40 years so right. like, like it's just mm-hmm. it's just a continuation it's just like trump's just like in your face and he's obviously he tries to ramp up a base that sort of has a lot of um i mean they have like dangerous rhetoric and uh i think i think that's i think that's bad i think what he i think what he represents and the, the, the supporters that sort of come out for him and they have like this sort of skewed perspective. I think, I think that's bad. I don't think Trump, like his policymaking or anything like that is just like anything new. I just think it's just straight up a continuation of. So what's been going on. (laughs) So, so so is it that, is it because sort of, you said that continuation, is it, do you feel like, there's hope in that or do you feel like the continuation it is what it is in a sense because i know 
I guess when I was 20 or 20, I think I, my first time voting, I was around 20 or 21 as well. And I was very excited for it, but I still didn't know a lot about politics. And I'm just, even honestly, within the last couple of years, just really beginning to learn or trying to immerse myself. And I don't like it. And uh, my fiance, he's much more plugged in. And a lot of my friends are much more plugged in. So I'm learning a lot from them and just trying to be more aware. But then when I hear about policies such as, you know, like Roe v. versus Wade, you know, and that might be overturned because he's appointing a Supreme Court justice, which, um, you know, may make it illegal in most states and possibly in the, in the entire United States for women to get abortions or, you know, the census, which is an issue where, you know, the census is where they basically just count everyone in, in the U.S. And counting everyone in the U.S., that allows you to have representation um, on the local level, as far as like who you're voting for. It also allows you to have, um, they count people who are in the neighborhoods. And that means that a certain amount of money is going to be funneled into your community. So if you aren't representing that the right way, then that throws off, that throws off the numbers. So that means that poor communities aren't getting the money that they need. You know, we have the issues with the clean air, you know, I forget what it's called. Shawa, what is that? The pad that you're, where we, climate control, you know, all those issues with climate control and how we've sort of pulled out of a lot of the deals that, you know, other countries are in. So now, And the you know, recent pulling out of the, the WHO, um, which is a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> that folks well, don't the, realize. well, the WHO, they're, they're incentivized by uh, our capitalized to globalized state. So it's a good thing that he pulled from that. It's also a good thing that he pulled from the Paris Climate Accord, mm-hmm. even though I'm a fierce, fierce advocate for, for, like sort of tackling this issue of climate change. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that we were putting way too much resources and money and, and into this into this agreement and other countries weren't sort of participating in the same um or participating at the at the, at the same way we were. Mm-hmm. So and then like I mean I guess a lot of the a lot of the things that you outlined like yes they're important. Like Roe v Wade 100% important, but I don't I don't think that Overturning or overturning Roe v. Wade necessarily helps um, the GOP. I don't think they're. The, yeah, I don't they're think really, they're concerned with that at all. Yeah. Like, I don't. like they, they definitely have like more pressing concerns. I don't really like. I like like I said. I, I just think and like even if even if Roe v. Wade was to come back up up in the court, there's been so many instances during the Trump the Trump presidency where he can't even get his own conservative justices to pass his legislation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and, and, and it, that's just a result of him being that incompetent. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Like I've never seen anything like it. I do want to ask about the WHO because I think most people's concern is the fact that it is still a global pandemic and <laughs> a lot of information comes from the WHO, if nothing else, mm-hmm. even if you, you know, if you're just like, I don't care about them eradicating polio and anything like that. <laughs> um, but just information and for the information, um, for it to just be more streamlined, if anything else, um, mm-hmm. because you know, when the first, when, when COVID first hit, there was just so much random ass information coming from a bunch of random ass places and people didn't know necessarily like what to believe where to look who to turn to um and so i think you know obviously like the cdc here but then the who also became one of those places where people can get just like more streamlined um Mm. information that made sense um you know was broken down in a way that pedestrians and regular people can understand um Mm. so that's my thing about us you know, pulling out of WHO. So why do you feel like it's a good decision? 
I feel like it's a good decision because the WHO is already so politicized and it's the same with, with the COVID response. Everything was so politicized. So like, I mean, in order to clear up the cut, the clutter, you have to, you have to do something. And like, obviously like, I mean, Dr. Fauci, he's, I mean, I, I, I I really like, I'm really at a loss for words, how this pandemic was handled on a variety of different fronts, but Trump leaving the WHO, uh, I think they wanted to, I think there was some sort of financial, um, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I, well, part of it was that, uh, the, the U S's contribution was like upwards of eight times as much as most other countries. And I know part of it was he, he, first he kept saying that like, they work for China, they work for China. Like, <laughs> why do I, we yeah. paying, you know, 400 and something million dollars into this organization, China pays 40 something million and yeah. they're actually working for China. So his thing was like, I don't, I just got a thing for the Chinese. Um, <laughs> yes, got a thing for China. So <laughs> it was, it was motivated by that. And then by the amount of the contribution that the U.S. was making to the organization. But my thing was, instead of just cutting the contribution, which, by the way, it's voluntary, it's donation, essentially, um, mm-hmm. he just pulled out altogether. Which, by the way, we're not 100% pulled out. Like, based on the agreement, we can't be fully pulled out until July of 2021 anyway. So if he loses uh-huh. the election, That's the same with the Paris Climate Accord. What's that? That's the same with the Paris Climate Accord as well. We're not, we're not actually out of the agreement right. until November in... I don't know. I think I, I, I like uh, Trump. Um, he he's very tough on China, which is which is a good thing because like the Chinese having more power over United States affairs is not the best thing for American workers. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. anything that like yeah. sort of anything that sort of like puts China in a in a weird spot. I think that's a. I think it's. I think it's a, a strategically like. Cool. But I mean, like, yes, who was in, or the WHO is important, but it's it's also one of those organizations that has sort of lost credibility over the over the past uh, five to six years, and they're not really. I mean, I can't say that their contributions or society are, are are nothing, but like, it's not it's not the organization that it once was, and it's mm-hmm. oh yeah, they've had their drama very heavily politicized. <laughs> I want to take a little bit of a left turn um, from Trump, okay. and I want to talk a little bit about COVID because, you know, we kind of started mentioning that a little bit and how it's been handled. Um, and right now, I know it's so crazy to me in New York, they're talking, so in lots of places, they're seeing a surge. Mm-hmm. And Alexis, you're in Massachusetts. Um, mm-hmm. Jared, where are you currently? Because you're from North Carolina. Are you back in North Carolina? Am I back in North Carolina? Yeah, I'm back in North Carolina. Okay, sweet. So what are you guys seeing as far as like COVID is concerned and how it's being handled where you live? Alexis, like, what are you seeing in Massachusetts and how it's being handled? And are you worried at all that there's going to be this fall like upswing? I think there's definitely going to be an upswing, definitely with like the flu um, season coming up. But um, I don't know, I'm not seeing a lot of my younger friends take like it's actually 50-50. Like, Either they're really not taking it serious, like I have friends who are still going out partying, et cetera, et cetera, going out without masks. Um, <clears> and then I have like a 50 like percent, I guess the other 50 percent of group of friends 
that are really like really really scared um they're in school and they're on campus and they're just scared because their other peers around them aren't taking it as seriously so yeah i don't leave the house personally like i leave the house probably like once a week if that so i don't really have warrior concern um i do have a disabled brother so it's like like i do have concern when it comes to that but like i don't really go anywhere so yeah but i definitely think it's gonna go up for sure yeah yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's um the the twenty and the twenty one and twenty two year olds that are getting a lot of flack. Um, <laughs> they are, and it's really funny because you know we see it, we see like the videos and the the, yeah. the pictures and stuff on the news. But I'm like, it it can't just be no. like these young people that's doing this that will cause that sort of. An, an increase or that sort of a um, upswing in the cases because yeah. they're also not the only people getting them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we've seen, I mean, I haven't, just from what I've seen too, I know um, before it was all the kids, I mean, I don't want to say, listen, it was all the people in Florida, you know, and yeah, not well, to say that, but it was, yeah, the kids, you know, <laughs> well, they were just, uh, they were just profiling, you know, talking a lot about the kids in, in Florida. You know, that was, I mean, the news is slanted. You can't believe everything that you hear or, you know, read or whatever. But, um, you know, that was interesting. But I know in New York, a lot of it is, you know, there's in pockets in Brooklyn here and, you know, the Hasidic community. And then just in general, like they talking about, you know, more so um, communities that are lower income and all of that. But it... it I think it depends. Jared, are you seeing that? Like, how are your friends sort of, you know, taking all of this, like COVID and the pandemic, are they taking it as seriously? Uh, a lot of my friends are taking the pandemic extremely seriously. Uh-huh. Um, like, I mean, like, obviously there's get togethers every now and then, but a lot of my friends go to NYU, so they have to get tested mandatorily like every week or so. Oh, wow. For, oh, wait, like, and they're back on campus? Yeah, they're back. Or if so, if people have like online class or, or in person classes, they have to get tested. And a lot mm-hmm. of my friends have in person classes, so they're, they're taking it extremely seriously. Um, and the South, though, I actually went to the DMV today, mm-hmm. and like, I mean, North Carolina claims to be taking the virus seriously, but like, I mean, I live in a southern state right now, so. Um, <laughs> but I went to the DMV, and they had they like. I had to renew my license and I had to um, look through one of the, the opticals to see, like, it was basically a vision test and you had to put your forehead on it and you had to put like your nose on it and everything like that. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, and there was no like, cleaning supplies or anything. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. And I was like, this is literally how COVID spreads. Yes. <laughs> that's it right there. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, gosh. To answer the question, yes, I think COVID's going to spike dramatically. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, I think it's going to be bad if like the states are, are this negligent with COVID restrictions. Uh huh. <laughs> oh my Jeez. god, that I would. I think I just would have looked at him and been like, "I'm tapping out. Y'all either yeah. do this, or you will never see me again, and I'm going to report you." But yeah. I'm not putting my face in this thing, like. Oh God! I think it was. It, it would have been my nose. As soon as my nose had to go in the thing, I would have been like, "I'm done." Like we, no. we can go no. ahead and call this a wash. Um, I literally put a Clorox on my forehead. I was like, "No, nah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing this." <laughs> so you gotta start bringing those lights with you. Shopping, because I gotta tell you, like I have had an itch to go shopping 
And and Alexis, I don't know if you, I know you're super into beauty. Like I'm super into beauty. I'm a beauty editor, but like, that's the last thing that people want to go shopping for. Cause it's not the same experience, but like I went and bought clothes and the fitting rooms are not even open. Do you know how obnoxious it is to have to buy? I can't buy bottoms without trying them on and they have to keep taking yeah. stuff back. But if you go back on the weekends, there's lines outside the store just to get in. Yeah, I was like, this is absurd. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I've been shopping a couple of times. And when, when the first time when I did it, actually, like earlier, I mean, it was still maybe the summer, maybe late August or early September. They had the dressing rooms open. And um, I remember I went back to a couple of those stores maybe about three weeks ago and all of the dressing rooms now are closed mm -hmm. and um, here in New York. So I wonder how it is everywhere else. But I mean... It's just really interesting also how different states are because, you know, you go to New Jersey, it's a little bit different. Certain New Jersey, they opened up much sooner than um, here in New York City. I mean, we were like right. the epicenter. And, you know, in Philadelphia, where um, Josh's family is from, Pennsylvania, you know, they opened up. It's, it's very different everywhere, which is really, really um, crazy. Makes sense. I'm just be interested to see what the holiday shopping season is going to look like mm -hmm. um, because, you know, USPS, FedEx, um, UPS, all these um, delivery services have said like they're maxed out at this point. Um, I ordered something and I'm not going to blast this particular <laughs> marketplace, but um, it's a marketplace <laughs> that tends to deliver very quickly. Mm. And um, I ordered some things and like one thing came a few days later and everything else was like, girl, you might get this in November. Cross your fingers. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but no, I was like, people have to think about that for the holidays because, yeah. especially if we see this second wave of COVID um, and things start to close back up, it's literally going to be like April all over again. But yeah. now it's going to be the holidays. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what the heck is that going to look like? What is your Thanksgiving going to look like? Exactly. Oh, really bad. Black, Black Friday is going to be an interesting, interesting day. Oh, God. Mm. Cyber Monday, I think, like, the internet is just going to crash. Like, the whole yeah. thing. The whole internet. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just going like, to be like a rolling blackout in the world. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, no, I can't. And I actually, you know, you know, switching, we jump around a bit, a bit here, too. I wanted to know, you know, just in sort of really wanting to dig into both of your brains about, you know, what's going on. You know, I was having this conversation, Lexi and I actually touched on this the other day about sort of PC culture and cancel culture. And, you know, I know that that's something that is extremely big on social media and, you know, we're all hearing about it, you know, whether it's you're canceled for saying something racist or canceled for saying something sexist or, how how do you guys feel about all of that? Like, do you, what is your whole, I don't know if I should tell you how I feel about it, but, you know, how do you guys feel? <laughs> wait on it, honey. Yeah, we'll wait on it. What, how do you guys feel about all of that? Um, I feel like there's a lot of intricacies in it because, like, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon, not really knowing what's going on. So, like, the first, when they hear somebody doing something, quote, unquote, problematic, they're like, okay, let's cancel them. But, like, they don't jump into why they said this, what's being said, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like, um, I think people definitely need to be held accountable, but there's a point where they also need to be educated as well. So I feel like people need to like remember that and you know put that into action. But mm -hmm. I feel like it's gotten out of hand. It really has gotten out of hand, but I do like that people are being held accountable, but it's a little bit, it's going a little bit too far at this point, a little bit. 
Um, I think I think this is also something that's extremely silly. I don't think anybody should get canceled for the things they say because I mean, once again, like that sort of goes against the, like the First Amendment, mm-hmm. and like I think people should say whatever they they want to say. And, <laughs> and somebody wants to come up to me and say the N word to me, like, all right, like <laughs> if you get stole off on, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's my right too. Yeah. Um, yeah. but but like I don't think people should be getting like canceled or like I think losing I think losing your job for like saying racist things is like that's one thing but then just like your whole life being ruined because you said problematic things six years ago is ridiculous I think that's one of the oh timing is everything that's one of the things like intricacies that Alexis is talking about, right? And yeah. it's like timing is everything. People get canceled for things they said 12 years ago. And like 12 <laughs> years ago was a different time. It's actually okay to say that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And like people are like sort of being like these arbiters of like what you can and what you cannot say. Like what's what's socially acceptable, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, I think it's like, who, who are you? Why do you have, why do you have this? this authority to, to to monitor speech. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's extremely ridiculous. Like from all from all points of view. It's also interesting too, like how arbitrary it is, like who gets canceled and who doesn't, because there's a couple people that I've canceled, like me personally, like you're canceled <laughs> for me, but I'll F with you. You know, because of things that I see the way that they're living in their, the way that they are out in the public and the influence that they have and that they they wield um, just like with reckless abandon. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I don't F with that person anymore. But mm-hmm. I also don't go online and tell everybody else not to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. Like, yeah, but I do feel like it's also too, again, the cancellation is like this one major thing happens and then everybody's like canceled. But I'm like, I'm actually canceling people based on their whole body of work. You're an awful person. So, yeah. And you've shown this time and time again. So I'm good on you versus the one off, you know. And yeah, I think we do need to hold people accountable, but um it's 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 interesting and it's funny because i'm just like it's like being in high school all over again it's like mean girl culture <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much walking on eggshells yeah, so yeah. it limits a lot of things and i think it's hard too i think with the sort of the environment like we're very, we're extremely pc you know i always tell this story josh and i were watching this Gosh, I don't remember. We were watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't know if you, like, the, not the new movie. It was, like, the movie from, like, what was that, like, 1993? Yeah, it was old. It was old. So I don't... <laughs> and we were watching the second one, and there was this beginning, the opening, one of the opening scenes was this guy, I think he was a pizza delivery guy or something, and he's walking by this girl, and she's like, don't look at me or something like that. She's like, what are you doing? Why are you leering at me? And he's like, I'm not looking at your fat ass, honey. And then Josh and I were like, oh my gosh, you can't say that to a woman. Oh, how could you call her fat? You know, it was something along the lines of like, it was, it's just something that we had to, we laughed about it because it's also, you know, something we learned. We didn't grow up like that. We grew up in, you know, the 90s, the 80s, when people were just saying things to people and no one really thinking about it. You know, you go, you go home with your hurt feelings, you know, whatever. 
But, you know, now it's, we're so conditioned to be in this culture of you can't say certain things to people. And also to Lexi's point, I think it prevents you from learning, but also I think the culture in itself doesn't know how to sort of do two things at once. You can't take, you know, certain situations. You can't take them um, alone. You know, everything's sort of bunched into one. This person says something horrible. Up, oh, he's canceled. She says something horrible. She's canceled. You don't look, they, there isn't room or time to dissect what's going on, what was the context, what was being said, how can they learn from the situation? Because two, we're bombarded with all this information and then it's on to the next thing. And I think it's just people aren't, and then also we get a lot of our media through social, through social channels. And then there isn't, no one's reading what long form journalism anymore, long form pieces. Everyone's oh, reading what, like what 2,000 words. Well, I don't want to say that. I think you said this to me too, but so you know. So basically it, I have no career, thanks. Dave. You have a career, but how, when is the last time you, um, Jared, are you likely to have read something on the internet that's been longer than, you know, maybe 200 words? You know, some people do, not to say that it doesn't get because even myself, it's, 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 it's rare that I do. I have to go seek that information out. You'd be surprised at how much information we get from social media, and then it'll sort of initiate something in me where I have to seek out something else. But do you guys, where do you guys mainly get your information from, I suppose? Um, honestly, like I'll find something somewhere and I'm like, okay, I want to know more about this. So I'll look up articles and like multiple different sources. Um, nowhere like, like specific, honestly, I'll just hear something from somewhere, whether that's like, I guess Snapchat, cause I'm always on there. They have like news on there and I'm like, okay, let me fact check this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nowhere specific. I'd say I get my news from a variety of different places. I tend to stick to like certain like political, like commentators and analysts. Yeah. And I'll like follow them on like Twitter. So like um, right now, I've been I've been getting my news from um, the Intercept is like my like <laughs> my favorite or my favorite like a journalistic outlet. Um, mm-hmm. I watch The Hill Rising every morning, or the rise, or it's called Rising, and it's it's by The Hill. It's with uh, Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty, uh-huh. um, and they're sort of like. Like she's a left wing populist, he's a right wing populist, and they sort of have like interesting analysis of everything that's going on in this country. So I, I, I tend to stick to those like sort of um, people consistently, consistently, and then um, a lot of YouTube, a lot of a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff on YouTube. Interesting, because I feel like I, I feel like a lot of I mean, you, obviously mainstream media is just like not something you can you, you can like rely on ever, just mm-hmm. because it's it's just like so biased every network no like nobody's nobody's everybody's just like manufactured manufacturing consent so it's just like there's there's no there's no sort of standard basis of information that you can just like sort of grab from and be like this is legitimate yeah yeah that's that's, yeah that's one of the the downsides of of I guess capitalism as like a whole is just like 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 what what these media networks are like actually doing. It's funny because as a journalist, I see it from both sides, so I understand that um, need to make money <laughs> and secure that. <laughs> yes, right. As a publisher, publication, whatever, and then um, that's the business side, and then you have your people, you have your reporters, and they feel very strongly about how strongly they feel. Um, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. there's like finding that balance. It's interesting because I don't 
I can't say if I feel like anybody um, really. No, I feel like these days, like most publications are pretty or they have to be transparent that they're just like, yep, we lean this way (laughs) because it's not Mm -hmm. worth it to not. You know what I mean? It's like I read your stuff consistently. I clearly see which way you're leaning. So Mm -hmm. why not just lean all the way into it and get your bag from the people who agree? Um, So that's what you end up having, right? Because it's like you can't, you're not going to watch CNN and be like, no, I think everyone's like just pretty even kill. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, we we know which way you're leaning. Yeah. Um, when you read the New York Times, you read the I hate the, the Post. I'm gonna say it, the New York Post. Um, you know <laughs> I thought that was your saying. favorite publication, <laughs> darling. No. Listen, the New nobody beats the New York Post on headlines. I'm oh, headlines that. are amazing. When we yes. when we were in journalism school, I remember one of my professors telling us, like, look up, look at the New York Post every single day if you want to mm. learn how to write good headlines. If you yeah. are, <laughs> if you are gonna work in newspapers and you need to write like eye grabbing headlines. You need to be on some New York Post status, yeah. like, and I and yeah. I admit I'm always like ah, I, I struggle with writing headlines sometimes, because like, <laughs> I like to write my headlines like very straightforward, yeah, you know, uh, not with all the the flash and the pomp and circumstance, but um, yeah, it's just it's interesting um, how like we feel like we now have to go to like. 14 different sources <laughs> yeah. to find out like what really happened or somewhere close to it mm-hmm. um and even then you're just like you click on a video and then you fall you're down a rabbit hole oh my god eight videos later you're angry <laughs> <laughs> have you yeah. seen that netflix documentary uh social dilemma absolutely yes that. i did i've heard about it yeah shawa told me about it um last week i have not watched it yet yeah, and that's why you said YouTube. Where from I was like, well, when you said YouTube, I was like, interesting, because I know for a fact that um, I've fallen down rabbit holes on YouTube where I'm just like, it's feeding me stuff that it thinks I want based on yeah. the first mm-hmm. video that I watched. <laughs> like, I'm noticing <laughs> a friend here. <laughs> What's that? No, I'm just saying, yeah, it's the algorithm, always. Yeah. Always. Yeah, the algorithm is, is really smart. Um. So I'm just like, interesting. And then, of course, I'm like, I know this to be happening. But an hour later, I'm still looking at these videos. And now I'm like all incited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, how did I let this happen? I'm an adult, a thinking adult. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's really bad for me because I watch. There's one anchor on Fox News that I watch, Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, I watch his videos. I'd say every other day. Mm-hmm. And then in my suggestions, I'll get like literally so many like Fox News video recommendations. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not what I'm about. Yeah, no. Because they're literally just like straight up like propagandists. It's actually like wild how like they sort of convey situations or like, or just like, like, political incidents like it's like so biased and it's actually crazy it, it literally rots your brain so <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 not a good, a good thing and youtube like i mean obviously they obviously they, these media networks have to have like some sort of connection with youtube or this wouldn't ha- or this wouldn't be happening yeah or, or, and like it's the same with like the advertising 
um, advertising dollars and advertisers as well. Like they're they're all in bed together, and they and they sort of. It, yeah. I don't know. It's it, it's literally it's literally wild. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just like the social dilemma, like or social dilemma, really like changed my perspective on a lot of things. It was all sort of like straightforward, like things that you like knew existed already. But like mm-hmm. I think the craziest part of that documentary was when they were like um, Google searches or the Google results sort of vary based on geographic region. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, wow. So if I lived, if I lived in Alabama and I said, and I typed in climate change, it would be like climate change is fake. It's fake. I right. Alabama, and then, yeah. And if I, if I lived in like Seattle, then it would be like, oh, climate change, like um, initiatives or something like that, which I think right. is like. Climate I, change I, is a huge <laughs> problem. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. That right there yeah. is really insane. Jeez, democracy. Are you both, are you both on, Facebook? <laughs> on Facebook? I'm not on Facebook. Oh, wow. Lexi, yeah. are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, and I wonder too, is Facebook, what's the age group for Facebook? Like, are, did you make a, uh, if, you, if I can ask, why are you not on Facebook? Or where, did you have a Facebook before and then you got rid of it? I mean, I think I have a Facebook somewhere, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't logged in. Somewhere out in the universe, I think. <laughs> and like, I used to use it for like selling clothes. Really? Hold up. Could you like, how long ago did you like, how long ago was this like within the past like five years, six years, or long? Like two, two to three years ago, but it would only be to sell. Like, my family members would send me like friend requests on Facebook, and I'm like, no, I don't use this. I sell clothes on here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> and Lexi, do you use Facebook for anything? Like, what do you use it for primarily? Honestly, I just watch cooking videos here and there, and then I'm just nosy, so I just like peeping on what like um, you know high school friends are doing, and then like family. So ah. yeah, I'm not so on it, I'm not active on it. I just peep. So are you? What what for both of you? What is your? Because I know they've done studies on like, uh, I mean, you guys aren't teenagers, but sort of hue skews the gender sort of breakdown on um, social media apps. Which one is your preferred? For the both of you, which one do you, which one is your go to? If you only could keep one, what would it be? Twitter. Twitter. Okay. <laughs> <I'll laughs> okay. I don't know if Reddit is included in this, but I think Reddit. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Somebody was gonna say Snapchat or Instagram or something. Reddit. Wow. Uh, Instagram is for us elder millennials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, I thought Facebook. No, I love Instagram. Was- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jared. I love good, it. But you, yeah. just, Thank you. <laughs> but you just don't get any like. There's no like information you're sort of receiving from it. Uh huh. Well, no, it, well, you can't say that. But like at the extent of like Twitter, where it's like constantly like information, and I get an occasional laugh. Like I like Twitter's like the best app, and like you're always updated without having to, like to watch the news. Yeah, like, it's like it's like. I mean, obviously, like I said earlier, like the, a lot of these mainstream like media networks, they they manufacture consent. On Twitter, people have like their own individual perspectives on things, and so, a lot of the times it's unbiased. Yeah. So I mean, that 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 for me is why why Twitter is really good. But Reddit's also really good for a lot of different things, especially when you have like 
a sort of like niche in interests because you can sort of like talk to people in a little subreddit about it, yeah, which I think yeah. is fun. But yeah, I, I don't I don't have a, I don't have any objections to Instagram, but Snapchat and Facebook, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not with that at all. <laughs> Let me ask you both too. Um, yeah. Will you listen to a song or will you stream a song that is four minutes or longer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I'm just I'm curious about that because we were having a conversation, um, me and some friends the other day, about how um, you know Prince would do a song or like Earth Wind and Fire would do a song, and then things would be like eight minutes long because they'd have like a three minute guitar riff. And we're like, you can't do that in the days of streaming. If a song is longer than like two and a half, three minutes, like it's a wrap for you. Yeah. Um, somebody was saying like even four minutes is too long mm-hmm. of a song for some people. Well, I know to, you know, for, for streaming, it's better, the shorter the song, the better because then people will play it over um, mm-hmm. and they, they'll get more money per the stream, which yeah. is why mm-hmm. like, Full albums are now only like thirty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> First, like more like than an hour day. Like an album would be like ninety-seven. Minutes. Yeah, you could do um, like seventeen songs with like interludes. Oh my god! Yeah. remember that seventeen they, songs on an album. Oh my god! Like it reduces the quality of music, though. I I hate it. You yeah, said I'm sorry. What? It reduces the quality of music. What reduces the quality of music? I'm sorry. The fact that. I mean, like, they sort of, like, how, sense. like, yeah, the, the, the song's Yay. being shorter. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's, Yay. like, it's, like, incentivized music making just for, just, just for, like, um, a collection of capital. Yeah. <laughs> making money, right, versus making art. It, yeah. yeah. It's, like, I'm so glad music is going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> you think, you think music is going to come back? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think music um, is the one thing that will never um, be destroyed. To be honest with you, like I think what we like in our music will always change and it will always evolve. But like music is transcendent of everything. Yeah, I, that's definitely true. Like age, race, like just everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear a song and be from a completely like the other side of the world, and it can mean something different to you, but just be considered just as beautiful as it could be to somebody who you've never met, who doesn't even understand your your way of life the language like i grew up listening to music my mother would play like miriam makiba and we didn't understand the words but mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded good to us like, and she's a you know? miriam makiba is an south ex- african yes south african south artist african singer. Mm-hmm. yeah Lady and it's the same it's the same too i think and i won't speak for everyone but i think in america definitely our entertainment is something that is it's much more, uh, it's one of the things, one of our biggest exports. So I think for a lot of other people, they hear and see what we do musically and we are much more insular. We don't allow their styles to permeate our sort of uh, whatever it may be as much. So, you know, you go to other countries and they listen to our music and, you know, they hear that. And for them, it's amazing to see how they can sing the songs and not speak the language. But, you know, how many people in this country, like, I have listened to other cultures, other types of music from other cultures or music that is, is Italian or French or, you know, other, any other language besides English. You know, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, but that, I think that does permeate, though, um, especially yeah. when you have good producers. And I'm, this is a terrible example, but I'm just going to say someone like Timbaland 
who I think <laughs> listen. No, because I think if you, based on his samples, you can tell Timbaland listens to everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where it comes from. But I'm talking about what I mean is like on the just individual level. You know, produce they're creators of music and they're they have they have an ear for just beautiful things. But I think for us, you know, I think a lot of us aren't listening to like you go to other countries and they're listening to music that's straight from America. Where I don't think that happens for us a lot. We're not listening to music from South Africa. You know, we're not listening to music, you know, from, you know, Switzerland. You know, I don't know. We're not listening to that. But, you know, I wonder how in terms of how that will continue to open up, if it will continue to open up. I think it's yeah. definitely going to open up. So, like, my favorite genre of music is bossa nova, which, uh-huh. is, which obviously comes from Brazil. Yeah. So a lot of the music I listen to is in Portuguese. And a thing that you'll notice is that a lot of these, a lot of these producers, where, whether it be um, MF Doom or, like, Madville, like, they, they actually sample a lot of bossa nova tracks. Mm-hmm. They sample, like, mm-hmm. jazz tracks. And I feel like mm-hmm. as people sort of expand their, their, then they're going to sort of tap into these other, other genres of music. So people are going to expand their, they're essentially going to expand their, their music libraries because mm-hmm. of all of these producers, such as MF Doom, Mad Villain, like, li- like basing, like are getting their samples from these different geographic regions across the world. So I think people are definitely definitely going to start to open up to to different genres and different languages when they're listening mm-hmm. to music. But and, and I think Spotify does an amazing job of sort of mm-hmm. like creating like this gateway where you can sort of connect with other uh, other sides of the world through music through their um what they make the playlist for you the curated playlist for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, like it comes up with songs that are like very similar to the ones that you like. So yeah, I definitely think, I, th- I definitely think music is, is like, there's going to, there's definitely going to be like, the gates are going to open when it comes to like listening to sort of international music. I think the same thing is going to happen with film as well. Yeah. Um, before we go, uh-huh. I just want to thank you both um, for joining us today. Yeah. Stanley, did you have any more questions? My last question. Gen my last question for the both of you is, you know, sometimes I think for me, I'll just speak for myself. And I think a lot of people, well, now I'm going to speak for other people. And a lot of people my age, it's hard to stay positive. I think with a lot of things that are going on now, but do you both, do you both, are, are you hopeful? Like, does it even, how do you, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I want to hear some good things. Like, what what do you think about everything? Like, I guess, like, it sounds like you're both hopeful. What do you think about just all the crap that's going on, the pandemic? You know, we didn't even get into, like, trans lives and bi- non-binary, all the shit that's going on, climate control. What do you guys think about all that stuff? Are you hopeful or you're just like, eh, it'll work itself out? I feel like it will work itself out eventually. Not, like, on, like, on, I guess, like, with COVID, all that, like, just what we're going through right now, I feel like it'll work itself out, whether that's sooner or later. Um, like the issues such as like trans lives, et cetera, et cetera, Black Lives Matter. Um, that's a, that's going to be more of like a slow process. But I'm hopeful, I guess I can say, because, you know, people are more vocal these days. So I feel like, yeah, it'll work itself out. Like the time is what, like, I'm like, I guess, wondering about. Mm-hmm. I think we're, I think we're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> like straight up. <laughs> oh, I thought you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being so badass. <laughs> I know. Wow. 
the reason why I think we're doomed is because I think neoliberalism is the biggest or most it's it's the most toxic thing that occurs in society today. Mm-hmm. And if when Joe Biden gets elected, because he's up like sixteen points in almost every poll, which is ridiculous, but once he gets elected, like neoliberalism is sort of going to be like solidified over the next 10 years. And I think all these like sort of social justice ventures, I mean, it's, it's the democratic party just going to symbolic gesture to sort of feed these needs of like social justice, quote unquote. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously like the thing that's never going to be addressed is economic justice and the reason for that is because there's never going to be a group, there's never going to be some sort of constituency that actually challenges capital. And <laughs> until that until that sort of like gets created, the Justice Democrats, they're the closest thing to that that can actually like sort of challenge capital, but they're doing a very extremely poor job of doing so. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, like, and like they even sort of, like add into this whole symbolic gesturing, like AOC, Ilhan Omar, like all these, all these like people that like all these politicians that sort of are extremely left or like quote unquote progressive. I think I I just don't think it's legitimate. I think that I just think that it's it's all just like theatrics, and nothing nothing's ever gonna really really change until we address the, the, the core problem of, of, or in this country, which is there's 42 million pe- or, or 42 million white people in this country that are living in poverty. There's 17 million black people that are living in party or poverty. And there's like 13 million Hispanics or maybe even more than that. I don't, I don't want to, I don't know the number on the Hispanics, but mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of them living in poverty as well. So it's like, you take this into consideration and you're like, will things actually change? And I just don't, I don't, I don't see any, like, I think Bernie Sanders was the last hope that we like genuinely like had. And now that he's gone, I mean, there really, there's, there's really nothing we can, we can do to like make like substantial change. He's like, now that he's gone, I'm like, wait a minute, Bernie Sanders didn't die and I didn't know about it. I mean, he's, he's he's gone in the context that he like capitulated to the establishment. That's what yeah, I mean by yeah. he's like gone. Well, let me ask you, do you think that like the AOCs and um, you know, folks who are do you think that they are full of shit in um saying or just this this mockery or display of trying to create change, or do you think that they genuinely want to create change, but the system is just built in a way that there's no way they can make a dent in it? I think I'm going to have to wait until Cory Bush and Jamal Bowman get into Congress to see what they do because they're both black people that mm-hmm. I feel actually like have like a genuine like or they have like a genuine concern for like the populace. So like I'm going to wait I'm 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 going to I'm going to wait to see on them but with AOC at least it's like I think AOC is I think she's very fraudulent. I don't think that she's legitimate at all. I think, I think that like the whole thing is like, like she like, she worked as a bartender and like, that's her like working class uh, appeal. But like her dad was like an architect, like her parents, like her parents, like she lived in a nice, a nice home in Bronxville, like New York. And it's like, 
she claims to be a so- socialist, but mm-hmm. when there were socialist countries that, that, that were in need of like U.S. politicians speaking out, she was not one of them. So it's like you see, you see these things and you're like, well, are these people legitimate? And I've just sort of come to the conclusion that that's just completely not the case. They can, they can, they can gesture all they want, but like until there's like drastic economic changes put on the table for everyone to see, then nothing's going to change. I love and think it's interesting how um, different you guys' perspectives are on that because yeah. I feel like a lot of times so much of the rhetoric is like Gen Z this and Gen Z says that and Gen Z feels this and um, like Alexis was saying, like the intricacies, that nuance is everything and um, mm-hmm. people aren't tapping into that. So um, I appreciate um, your candor. I appreciate both of you um, being here with us today, but also being super open um, and just putting it right out there. Um, I'm sorry if there's a whole lot of noise. I don't know what's going on in my neighborhood right now. <laughs> there's a lot of noise outside of my window. Um, <laughs> and on that note, um, Thank you guys. Yes, so thank much. you both so much. Jared, so much. Do you have any social media handles? Uh, obviously, you know, Twitter and Reddit, um, but that you want to share and don't feel obliged to share them. Um, you are private citizens, but um, if you want to share your social media, go for it. Alexis and then Jared, let us know. Um, I'm like, I have social media, but like, I don't like follow anybody and I don't post anything. So no, I'm all right. All right. That's so live in Alexis's DMs. Y'all heard yeah. it. <laughs> um, my Instagram is, uh, at Jared Shango. So it's J-A-R-R-E-D-S-H-A-N-G-O. All right, there you go. I can't give out my Twitter. Don't be blind to y'all. And you guys know, as always, you can follow us at Black Hipster Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at the Shawa Evans. Where you at, Stanley? Oh, gosh, I changed my handle. I think it's Standrick Wiggins now. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Standrick Wiggins, yes, yes. I just said you like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So make sure you do that. Slide it all up in his DMs, please. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if it's you nice. like this episode <laughs> of Black Hipster, make sure you slide up in our DMs too. But before you do that, make sure you subscribe, rate us, only give us top stars. If you're not yeah. going to, then don't, don't bother. Didn't your mama teach you? <laughs> um, <laughs> you can also shoot us an email at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com. Um, again, we want to thank our guests for being here today. Yes, Ooh. thank you. We are up to this election, y'all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lord, I don't even know how to feel. And, and anyway, in the meantime, I'm going to go pour <laughs> myself another glass of red wine. Um, exactly. I'm going to watch the Savage Fenty Rihanna show again and vote for <laughs> And vote the house all the way down. Um, yes, so queen. Yes. <laughs> Love you guys for being with Bye. us. Bye. Bye. Merci, au revoir.